Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. Appreciate you coming in today. Well, it's still Black History Month, and um, there's not going to be any history here, and this uh, figure that I'm going to talk about today is not exactly uh, revolutionary or even that interesting, really, but she's been in the news recently, and I thought maybe I would spend a few minutes talking about it. And that is Whoopi Goldberg on The View. She weighed into the racism discussion, I suspect feeling pretty secure in her opinions because of her skin color, and got clobbered. And it's, I think, a little bit unfortunate. I, I'm i not for canceling people. I think um, if you have bad ideas, I think they'll suffer in the marketplace of ideas. If you have good ideas, they'll uh, bubble to the top in the marketplace of ideas. And that's my general philosophy. And I, I don't like all this cancel culture stuff. But I thought it would be worthwhile to just bring a little analysis and some conversation to what what Goopy, uh, Whoopi Goldberg was saying and to try to get into her head a little bit, which is impossible. But I, I think when somebody gets tripped up like this in the media and a bunch of criticism comes down, I think it's important to try to understand where they might be coming from. So I think that can be instructive and uh, maybe we can all learn a little bit from something like that. <clears throat> anyway, um, so I, I recorded some clips from the Reed the readout show that's joy Reed's show on msnbc um i looked at a couple different clips and i thought hers had the most interesting guest so without further ado let's uh listen to joy Reed's intro and then begin to comment on some of these these things Last night, ABC News suspended Whoopi Goldberg for two weeks from The View, a day after a discussion about a Tennessee school board banning the graphic novel Mouse, which is about Nazi death camps during World War II. Here's what she said. If you're yeah. going to do this, then let's be truthful about it, because the Holocaust isn't about race. It's not about race. It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. So she declares that it's not about race and says that she needs to talk about the truth of it and it's man's inhumanity against man. And then, you know, look, I think that's true as far as it goes that um, the Holocaust was uh, inhumane to human beings. Um, But to say that it wasn't about race, I think, is a little bit... uh, a little bit of a misunderstanding about what was happening in Nazi Germany pre-World War II and the relationship between the Nazis and the Aryan race that the Nazis professed to, to promote and then the Jews. And, and um, I think the, there was this belief that the Aryan race, the German people, the pure German people were, were superior, a superior race, and that the Jews were some sort of scourge on humanity. And I think that was in, entirely racial in, in nature. In fact, I would say that the Nazis saw it as a race problem. And I think the Jews, as a victim, uh, they certainly understood it as a race problem. So I think where Whoopi 
probably went wrong is she's um, she thinks that she's discovered fire or something in the way she's talking about this. But um, really what she did is she just uh, she said something that was uh, shocking to people. And I don't, I'm not so sure this was the actual shocking thing that she said. Um, but people are kind of geared up to attack the view anyway because they're so often out of bounds. But I think the bigger thing here is, you know, Whoopi Goldberg and, and the ladies on The View, one of the things that, that I thought about is, you know, here I am defending Whoopi Goldberg for her right to say something which was stupid and uninformed, but, you know, I stand for her right to say it. And it wasn't, what, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, they're talking about Joe Rogan and, and, and calling for Spotify to kick him off his show. So I just think it's interesting that, you know, they're conservatives and people who believe in free speech are, are defending Whoopi Goldberg. But then the people that used to defend free speech, namely the people on the left, the liberals, are... Uh, you know, they'll just throw you under the bus and ask for you to be deplatformed and kick you out of the public square. So I just think it's interesting that, um, you know, I've been watching it now for a week and I really haven't heard any conservatives that say that Whoopi Goldberg should be fired or any, any such thing. So I, I just think it's interesting how these two different groups, these two different political groups look at something that's um, the same, but but the results are completely different, or the accountability is the the word that they like to use. And to me, uh, Whoopi Goldberg and her employer should be accountable to nobody but the market. If the market doesn't like what's being said on the View, uh, they'll they'll be able to tell by viewership dropping, and that's and that's that's how you that's how you know whether or not you're doing a good job. Just like in a business, the way you know you're doing a good job or not is if you make a profit. And so their profits are tied to uh, ratings. And so if their ratings drop far enough, their costs start to out, uh, outstrip their revenue and uh, they start to lose money. And that's how they know they're not doing a good job. So the market is very efficient, I think, at holding people accountable and, and um, um, deciding who should be you know, sharing their ideas and who shouldn't. Hours after those comments, Goldberg apologized, saying that she misspoke. She apologized again the following day. Anti-Defamation League CEO Jonathan Greenblatt joined Whoopi and the other View host to explain how her comments were inaccurate and harmful. You see, Hitler's ideology, the Third Reich, was predicated on the idea that the Aryans, the Germans, were a, quote, master race, and the Jews were a subhuman race. It was a racialized anti-Semitism. Okay. Now, that might not fit exactly or feel different than the way we think about race in 21st century America, where primarily it's about people of color. But throughout the Jewish people's history, they have been marginalized, they have been persecuted, they have been slaughtered in large part because many people felt they were not just a different religion, but indeed a different race. Yeah, so I think Greenblatt here has it exactly right. Um, the The master race of Germany was, it, it was all about the master race. I mean, that's what the Nazi party was about. That's what Hitler was about. 
that and, and getting back German lands. And as part of getting back these German lands, he wanted to get rid of the people that were on the land. And a lot of these people were Jews. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, for Hitler and for the Nazi party, it was definitely about race. And I think uh, for the Jews, um, I think it's also accurate that they are not only thought of as a different religion, the Jewish religion, but they're thought of as as a, a people, a particular group of people, meaning race or tribe. And clearly the Bible tells us this. I mean, it talks about God's chosen people. Chosen in a sense that there were multiple tribes and they were set apart by territory or race. And even though they may have looked the same, they thought of themselves as different. You know, that's why you have the Hittites and the Levites and others, all the different groups in, in, in addition to the, the Jewish people. So anyway, I, uh, not to turn this into a discussion about God and religion, but I just think there's a lot of historical evidence for the fact that the Jews are a race of people. They're a particular group of people, even though their skin color doesn't show it. On Tuesday night, Greenblatt warned about unfairly condemning Goldberg over the comments, saying, I don't believe in cancel culture. We need council culture. Joining me now is Yara Rosenberg, contributing writer for The Atlantic, where he writes the Deep Deep Shtetl newsletter. And Chris Witherspoon, entertainment journalist and founder and CEO of Pop Viewers. Thank you both for being here. And I'm going to start with you, um, Mr. Rosenberg. Um, So here's ABC News's uh, this was her statement. Uh, Kim, and she's named Kim Godwin. She's the ABC News president. And she wrote, while Whoopi has apologized, I've asked her to take time to reflect and learn about the impact of her comments. The entire ABC News organization stands in solidarity with our Jewish colleagues, friends, family, and communities. You know, when I listen to this, the first thing I think of is HR departments have way too much power. And I'm sure this president of ABC News, Kim Godwin, was probably advised by her legal and her HR department on this statement. And, um, and you know, this is fine. I mean, the, the reality is the view is a brand there. It's a TV program. They have, uh, they have to be concerned about their brand and viewership and whatnot. And it's, and it's not okay for their host to offend the audience and, to the extent the audience was offended. I mean, I'm not even sure the audience was really offended. They might've gone, they might've said out loud, you know, Oh, whoopee, you don't know what you're talking about or something like that. But is it going to keep people from watching the view? Eh, probably not. What I think that ABC did here is what we increasingly do when a public figure or even someone in our lives messes up, makes a mistake like this. Um, even when they apologize, there is this sense that there need to be, consequences, that we need to punish someone or it doesn't count. We don't just accept an apology and say, we hope that this person will change and will grow. Um, If I was king of the world, I would change that, not just here, but in almost every situation that we do that. I think that it's important that there be consequences and that there be accountability. But I think uh, as a society, especially in the age of social media with screenshots and reducing people to their worst moments in tweets, we've sort of become this society that doesn't allow a path for people to grow or change or apologize. Um, and Whoopi apologized on air. Um, and she understood what she did, was what she said was incorrect. 
And it's led to this great conversation where people are learning things they otherwise wouldn't have learned. And wouldn't that have been a better conversation to have had on The View than to take what we off The View and then to stop the conversation? Yeah, I think this guy Rosenberg has it exactly right. I mean, um, it probably would have been a great forum to expose people to race outside of the black-white dichotomy that we've been reduced to in this country. I mean, the interesting thing is there are race conflicts all over the globe. And I would almost characterize them more as tribal conflicts. Because when you go into the African continent, for example, they've got different groups of black people, you know, fighting each other. So I think our, I think our concept of race in this country is, it's been colored too much by slavery and, uh, the, the black struggle here in America and uh, civil rights movement. And we just have a different perception of race. And, and, you know, we don't really understand race in the, in the context, in the context of um, how it really is about different tribes and you don't belong to my tribe and you need to get out of here. You look different. Looking different is part of not belonging to the tribe, right? I mean, you see this in nature, I think as human beings, though, we, we, we try to rise above that. But you see this in human nature. You see, a, uh, oddly enough, you know, um, like over in Louisiana, where I've been fishing a couple of times, they have a pink dolphin. And, you know, I've had conversations with people, oh, the pink dolphin can't survive, you know, because it'll be kicked out of the, the pod or whatever. Or you see this in, you know, um, uh, different kinds of animals, you know, there'll be a animal that has a, you know, all the animals are gray and brown. And then one animal's born, you know, bleach white with really weird blue eyes and the other animals just kill it. (laughs) So, I mean, this is something way down deep in our human nature that, uh, involves tribalism, but doesn't necessarily mean anything about color. And I think, um, Whoopi's challenge is she kind of is, you know, she's in the forest and, you know, can't see the trees kind of thing. Or, you know, she, she's so embedded in our particular race culture that, that she doesn't understand that race is not just black and white. Yeah, and I think a lot of people felt like it wasn't so much the on-air on The View, but it was what she went on to say um, when, she was, uh, when, she, so when she went on Stephen Colbert's show. Let me play that real quick. I okay. thought we were having a discussion uh, because I've, I feel being black, when we talk about race, it's a very different thing to me. Mm-hmm. So I said that I, I felt that the Holocaust wasn't about race. And people got very, very, very angry and still are. But I thought it was a, a salient discussion because as a black person, I think of race as being something that I can see. So I see you and I know what race you are. And the discussion was about how I felt about that. I felt that, that it was really more about man's inhumanity to man. So yeah, I think, I think Whoopi's ex- explanation here is, is actually pretty good. And it characterizes pretty much what I said. Um, it is about inhumanity to man, but you can't in the same sentence say it's not about race, especially when both of the parties that were involved say it 
was about race. That's like, you know, I don't know, an, an American standing in front of an audience of French people explaining to them what it's like to be French <laughs> or what it's like to live in France. I mean, that's just dumb, right? But I think a lot of this arises from some of the stuff that they teach in college. And not that Whoopi Goldberg learned this in college, but they have all kinds of people on their show that espouse these views. And it's, you know, this intersectionality, for example, where you describe relationships among human beings based on the the amount of oppression that one group had over another. And so it's not just... It's not as simple as just oppressed and the oppressor. It's it's who was oppressed more, you know. Well, if you're if you're black, then you're oppressed more than white. If you're a woman and you're black, then you're oppressed more than you know white men and women. And if you're overweight, then you're oppressed even more. And it just goes on and on and on from there. And so she took the color aspect and and said, well, you know, the Jews aren't oppressed. Or, you know, she didn't say that, but she was, in her mind, she I think she was thinking that. And she compares that to what black people went through in the United States. And she says, ah, it wasn't about race. That, you know, that's just one group of people disliking another group of people and disliking them so much that they rounded up and killed a bunch of them. That's inhumanity. <laughs> well, so is looking at, you know, uh, you could say that uh, slavery was inhumanity, right? It's inhumane. It's just, it, it, it's how you treat other people. It's just, in in our situation, it was black and white. And in other situations, it's it's just different tribes. And just real quick, Ian, Mr. Rosenberg, do you think that that made it worse? Or what do you think of that? So I think that there was elsewhere in that same Colbert segment, she said that uh, this was about white people attacking other white people. And that was particularly a line that uh, troubled a lot of Jewish people, because in the European conception of race, um, the the Nazis were the Aryan master race and the Jews were this parasitic lower race. um, And they did not consider themselves of the same race at all. And it wasn't like, oh, the same people, they all look the same. It was a Whoopi was understandably projecting American conceptions of race right. onto European conceptions of race. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that's problematic, not just as a historical point, but because today, imagine Jews are in their synagogues and many of us look white, but yet white supremacists come around and they shoot us. Yeah. And you might wonder, why does that happen? It's because their conception of race is different. So if we fail to understand this, right, we fail to recognize anti-Semitism and be able to stop it. Yeah, I think this guy Rosenberg makes really good points. And, and I think, I think he's probably right. I'm not so sure that what she said on The View was so problematic as what she said on Colbert when she said, well, you know, the Holocaust was just about white people killing other white people. Well, you know, you could say the same thing about African countries. Oh, that's just, you know, the Sudan. Oh, that's just black people killing other black people. Who cares? I mean, that's that's insensitive at best and ignorant at worst. So... I think she just made an ignorant comment. She didn't know what she's talking about. She's she's highly influenced by these woke intersectionality uh, intersectionality people, and uh, just stepped into it. You know, waded into something she didn't really know enough about. 
uh, I think it, I think this guy's right. I think it could have been a very interesting conversation if it had been allowed to continue. And maybe this guy Rosenblatt goes on like he did and educate her about certain things. And then they could further this discussion and it would probably be very interesting. But, you know, the speech police comes out, in this case is Kim Gowden lady that runs ABC News, and she shut the whole thing down because, uh, you know, we just, that's just not a forum that they're willing to allow on their network. And that's fine, but that's great for, you know, these other outlets like podcasting and um, rumble videos on, on, or YouTube, although YouTube's getting pretty aggressive about shutting people down. So it's good to have these different outlets so that people can get the information that they really are seeking. And, you know, people don't feel like they're muzzled and can't say what they need to say or should say. And so that's why I think it troubled people. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think again, like I said before, she then, after the Colbert segment, that's she apologized the next morning. She yeah. had that conversation with Jonathan Grieb out of the ADL. And I think the things go in the right direction when we have those yeah. conversations and recognize that Jews are just 2% of the American population. Most people haven't met us. Yeah. They have a lot of stereotypes about us. Mm-hmm. And the way you learn about this is by talking to us and having those conversations. And I'd much rather see more of that. Another great point by this guy, you know, you don't, you don't start off trying to learn something by asserting something especially asserting something as fact. And that's what she did. She basically said, the Holocaust wasn't about race. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't about race. I mean, she said like four times. And she's saying it as if she's like some authority figure. And she's just as confident as can be. And uh, it doesn't matter that she's confident. And she expressed some of that on uh, Colbert's show that, for her, race was just something totally different, and that's fine. But she waded into a she took the concept of race and waded into a completely different scenario, and acted kind of arrogant and with authority. And I think it just rubbed people wrong. And they do that a lot on the View. I mean, the View is they 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 wade off into areas they have no idea what they're talking about. And they talk like they're they're just as confident as can be about what they're talking about, and it's hilarious. It's it's funny if it it would be funny if it wasn't so destructive. And I feel like when you remove someone's chair and you suspend them, you almost take away that chance to learn. I think a lot about how Oprah, when she had her talk show, she always said on, on her best days, her talk show was the classroom. Uh, and I think on the View, some days you are a teacher, some days you are a student. So the first couple of minutes of what this guy was talking about was a lot of inside baseball, how the view switched from ABC Entertainment to ABC News. and But, you know, he's talking about how it's a lively discussion and sometimes you're a, a student and sometimes you're the teacher. And and he basically echoed the same thing that the Jewish guy did is, you know, why take Whoopi off the program? Uh, you know, you, you basically end up removing the whole conversation now. Nobody wants to have that conversation now, right? Because Whoopi Goldberg got suspended. So I think those are valid points. Uh, But um, I just think it would be so much more fun if she was still on The View and we were still all talking about it, you know, a week later. I think that would be more fun. 
Yeah, from what I understand, I believe in 2014, the ratings at The View just weren't on the upswing. And ABC News, I think the show was being shot already in New York, and ABC News just knew how to do great TV. Yeah. And the ratings have skyrocketed. The View has become very much so a news source where you're seeing a lot more politics and a lot less lifestyle. But you got to remember, Whoopi Goldberg got on that show in 2007. She's been in that chair for a very long time and was there when the show was more lifestyle, more entertainment. And Whoopi is not a reporter. She is not a journalist. We know her to be a comedian. What she said was not funny. She deserves to have been disciplined and to learn from this. But I think she should be back in that chair and able to learn and uh, be around her co-hosts and have I, conversations. Yeah. I, you know, I don't really care whether Whoopi comes back or not. I mean, it's great if she does. It's great if she doesn't. I don't really have a dog in the fight. But I I, I think it's interesting. I, I would think that she would have a lot more turnover on this show than you do. Because anytime you put five women together and try to get some, you know, conversation going. I mean, they all want to talk at the same time. They all think what they've got to say is the most important thing. I mean, I don't know. To me, it's, it, they need it. They need a moderator on that show. You know, somebody that can kind of keep control of the conversation and direct it in productive ways, because the times I've turned it on and maybe Joy Behar is that way, but the time I've turned it on, there's Joy Behar is usually the one saying the dumbest things, um, and Whoopi Goldberg's kind of a sounding board, but, uh, you know, to me, this whole cancel culture thing is kind of interesting uh, just to depart slightly here. And if I walk out of my house, okay. And I go to my neighbor and I tell him something, whatever, it could be true. It could be false. Hey, did you know about X? Okay. And we start talking about X. This is essentially me sharing information. Okay. It's not misinformation. It's just information. It's not good information. It's not bad information. It's just me talking to my neighbor. Okay. Now, if I go out onto Facebook and I say to my Facebook friends, Hey man, did you know about this or that? And it's just, it's the same. It's just information. So I think, you know, one of the things I, I worry about with this whole cancel culture thing is that we're making more out of this than, than needs to be. I mean, um, we would never uh, settle for the police coming by if I told my neighbor something that was perceived by somebody as misinformation. I mean, people just like, oh, that guy's a loon. He doesn't know what he's talking about or whatever which is exactly what happens on social media. Some people go, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. Or, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, they get pushback. Uh, you post something that's false and you get pushback. Um, so I, I, you know, to me, the bigger picture is that this is just a, a larger scale version of something that we've lived with forever. And I don't think there's any recognition of that out there in, in the marketplace. Again, if you say something on, uh, and, and maybe this was the problem, you know, because uh, and this guy hit on a, uh, an important point. They went from ABC Entertainment to ABC News. Maybe because it was under the ABC News part of the business, they're more accountable for what they say. And that could be. That could be. I know news agencies can't come on and knowingly say false information and things like that uh, because they can be sued for libel and whatnot. So 
maybe it has something to do with that, but just the cancel culture thing in general is I don't, I don't really see any measurable difference between me walking across the street and sharing information with my, my neighbor that might or might not be false or misinformation. I don't see how that's different than me sharing something on social media that might be misinformation or might not be misinformation. So I don't know, just a just some thoughts, things I was thinking about, and it kind of made me think about it again when, when the story popped up. Well, today's show has been a little bit more bite-sized. A couple of these have run long, but just because there's so much content on some of these people I'm talking about, uh, this Whoopi Goldberg thing was kind of small and succinct, but I think it's, I think this might be the pivotal point in this cancel culture that might make it go away. Because what has been really happening up until now is it's conservative voices that that say something controversial, not even not true, just just something that runs counter to um, the party line, as we used to say, and uh, and then getting canceled. Now, now uh, Alex Jones, he was a he was a big cancel a while back, and I remember people thinking, I remember people saying. Well, Alex Jones is crazy, you know. I mean, he probably does need to go or something, and I'm not too worried about that. But then they started then it it quickly moved to people that were less controversial. And now you've even got Joe Rogan who really doesn't do that much of anything that's that controversial. And you've got people, you know, talking about canceling his show, boycotting his show. Let's get together and put pressure you got other Spotify uh, artists that are um, calling up Spotify and and putting pressure on them to get rid of Joe Rogan. You got the Duchess of whatever, Meghan Markle and her husband, the Prince. They also have a show on Spotify, and they're putting pressure on Spotify to get rid of Joe Rogan. Now, what I did see the other day, I thought was interesting, is Rumble came out. Rumble's the new alternative to YouTube, and Rumble is saying. Hey Joe, if you want to come over to Rumble, we'll give you a hundred million reasons why over the next four years. So I mean, basically, they offered him a hundred million dollars for the next four years to capture his audience. So I think we're finally getting to a point where people are, you know, I think people are going to start to understand. Hey, you just can't do this anymore. This is not happening anymore. We're done. We're done with this cancel culture. We're 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 just done with it. Uh, you can. You can do it, but you're going to do it. You're going to pay a price in the marketplace now. And I think there's enough choice online with Getter instead of Twitter and Rumble instead of YouTube and some of these other channels that are basically, they're basically saying to the audiences out there, they're saying, hey, come over to us. We're a free outlet. We, we, we're for free speech. We're not going to censor speech. We're not going to tell you what you can and can't say. And I think now there's these guys are developing a market for this. I think the the COVID regime, people are weary from all that and they're they're tired of having to live through some of that stuff. They're tired of not being able to get the information they want and having to listen to propaganda all day because everything else is getting shut down left and right. So I think times are a changing, so to speak, and and I think this is uh I think this is good. And and this Whoopi Goldberg thing might have been, um, might have been uh, the bell at the top of the market, so to speak. You know, um, I don't know. We'll see. It'd be interesting to 
look back on this in about six months and see see where we are. All right, well, that's it for the show today. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Um, you know, we've still got some some more shows to do in Black History Month. I think I need to do another one on Martin Luther King. I'd like to do uh, some some stuff on his anti-war. The guy was very big time anti-war and and more importantly anti-militarism which is what we have today which is interesting because he he died such a long time ago 50 years ago and we're still dealing with the things that he railed against in 1967 1968 so Martin Luther King's an interesting character he's he's such a uh, uh, such a pivotal figure but as I pointed out in that program you know, not everything that Martin Luther King did was perfect. Okay. Much like any other human being. Uh, I'll probably do another one on Walter Williams just because Walter Williams had great ideas and great ways of talking to you about government. And he had a philosophy about government that, that he basically was making the claim that the American people don't believe in the constitution anymore. They're either ignorant or they don't believe in it. That's that's his case, and he makes it. And I'd like to delve into that, potentially. And then, you know, Thomas Sowell is another favorite of mine. And so, and, and maybe I'll get some more, you know, there's, uh, there's some great entrepreneurs uh, in the black community we might want to mention. Maybe we talk about, you know, some sports figures, you know, like, like, uh, Tiger Woods, you know, when Tiger Tiger Woods' first year in golf, the entire golf industry went up by a billion dollars. I mean, it's just amazing. And then you look at Michael Jordan. The guy was just an unbelievable phenom in the basketball world. So, and, and I mean, he's been very sharp businessman. I mean, these guys are worth, you know, I think Tiger Woods is worth about a billion dollars now, and I think uh, I think Michael Jordan's worth a couple billion dollars. So. I think what's going to be interesting about these black people getting rich is the you know things like the inheritance tax. What what's going to happen when, one day when Michael Jordan is worth twenty billion dollars and it's all over the media that the government's going to take you know twelve billion dollars from his estate? I mean, are people going to be okay with that? Are black people going to be okay with that? I think not. I think there's going to be a real problem. So I think I think black people getting rich in America is awesome. I want to see more of it. I saw that. Uh, oh, what's Beyonce's husband's name? Well, everybody knows his name. I don't know his name because I'm not hip like that. But he's worth like five billion dollars or some crazy number like that. So anyway, this I think I think black people getting rich is going to be great for America because. I think it'll end up they'll end up being a backlash against the government. You know, you'll have this huge group of people that all of a sudden have money, they have resources, and they're not going to fall for the rich need to pay their fair share. So I think there's going to be a lot of pushback, and I'm just excited to see all that. So I'm uh, I'm happy to talk about uh, Black History Month. I think black people doing well and us learning about what some black people did in, in the past is very, very good for America. And 
I think it's interesting too, and I think it's a, a worthwhile subject to talk about. So hopefully you'll come back and join me for a couple more of these. All right, everybody. Until next time, who gets to decide? <laughs>